from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, this is Injury Insider with Derek Hayes. Injured in Georgia? Make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Injury Insider is presented by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs. Hello and welcome to Injury Insider with Derek Hayes on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. And yes, today we are in studio. We have been taping remotely and it feels good to it's be great back to be across here. the table again. Yes, it feels good to be back in studio. This show will answer legal questions and debunk personal injury myths with insight and humor. We are funny. For nearly 25 years, Derek Hayes has represented injured parties in Georgia. Now he'd like to put that knowledge to work for you. I'm your host, Lita Brooks, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of our show, Derek Hayes. Good afternoon, Derek. Good afternoon. Again, it's great to see you across the table here. Well, thank you very much. But before we begin, a quick reminder that Injury Insider is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, and by the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to the office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Love that car crash. I am Lita. I said my name a few minutes ago, but let me tell you why I'm here. I am the host, but I'm going to say something very formal and very legal. I am here for the people. Doesn't that sound like an attorney slogan? <laughs> I, I'm here as the voice of the people. I think I'm intimidated now. <laughs> but what that really means is this show is about answering questions. This show lets our listeners hear from an attorney, and our listeners have the ability to send you questions. And I, as the host, take those questions on air and read them aloud. And Derek, you go through them and answer myths. You answer misconceptions and basically just uh, give the people the information that they're looking for. Absolutely. In fact, we've made some modifications now to my website. And I want to talk about that very briefly. The website is uh, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, the letter M as in Matthew. Hayes is H-A-Y-S dot com. So Derek M. Hayes dot com. That's the website. When you get there, you'll see at the top uh, uh, the different menu items, but you can click on podcast. And when you click there, you can go back and hear any of the prior shows. But now we've added a tab where you can actually submit questions directly through the website for a future podcast. And thankfully, I've had a lot of return, uh, a lot of uh, uh, questions that have been submitted from the listeners. And it's great. It's, it's incredible to hear uh, some of the feedback, all very good, thankfully, mostly about you, about the host. They, what? They talk, no. Yeah, they talk about you, obviously. No. Uh, but we've had several questions submitted. We're going to cover one today. But definitely go there, submit your question. I'll be happy to address those in future shows. All right, jumping right in. We have spent the last few shows talking a lot about the coronavirus and its effects on the legal field. Things are not yet back to normal. Slowly, right, all these mandates, and, and we're able to go back just a little bit. Yeah, as of Monday, Governor Kemp starting to try and open, thing, open things back up again. That's right, and there's a lot of controversy there. Uh, can you tell us what is the latest with the Georgia State Supreme Court mandate and the judicial emergency? Yeah, I think this is very important. I'm glad we're going to lead with this. The State Supreme Court, our Chief Justice Melton in, entered uh, or in, submitted a uh, judicial mandate initially back in March, March 14th, uh, it went into effect that delayed all deadlines, uh, all things that we as attorneys have to watch out for, uh, statutes, those kind of things, and it extended it initially through April 13th. 
Uh, but now on April 6, they've changed it. They've now extended that judi judicial declaration through May 13th. So it extends deadlines, uh, all those things that, again, we as attorneys have to watch out for. Um, attorneys will have the same amount of time to file documents, lawsuits, uh, things called discovery. Uh, all those things are going to be extended uh, from May 13th. You'll have the same amount of time you normally would back on March 14th. In the meantime, we as attorneys, we don't have to send extension requests in like we normally would to the courts or to other attorneys. Uh, while the order's in place, we can still file certain documents. We can file lawsuits, those kind of things. Uh, but again, the deadlines that would come with briefs and answers and uh, things that we are always concerned and, and very well aware of, uh, it does lift those deadlines, at least until now, May 13th. Okay. How about your office? Uh, you're still open. You are one of the essential businesses. So talk about how you're dealing with the shutdown and the courts being closed. Correct. We as attorneys are considered to be essential businesses. You're right. Uh, so we do make some modifications to the way we, we do our work now. We are still open. Uh, the state bar has recommended we try and eliminate as many face-to-face -face appointments as possible with the exception of emergency appointments. Uh, so most of my appointments are done. I've done Zoom. I've done Skype. I've done lots and lots and lots of phone conferences, also emails, texting, those kind of things to stay in contact with clients and also, too, with adjusters and defense attorneys. We are socially distancing. I am in the office uh, for the most part by myself. My support staff, they're all working remotely from home. Their parents, they have kids home from school, so mm -hmm. they've had to make some modifications about their daily routine because I know you have to do the same thing. You have to worry about uh, watching over your elementary school, middle school, high school kids and make sure they're doing the homework. And doing their schoolwork. But you right. also have to be teacher as well. That's a different right. hat you're, you're not used to having to wear. And same thing with my staff. Uh, so they're having to do that. We can still file lawsuits. In fact, I filed two lawsuits on Monday of this week. Um, so things are electronically done nowadays in filing. We're able to do that, and I've, I've done that. I actually held a mediation by Zoom. Uh, Zoom is an incredible uh, way for us to now have conferences with multiple parties uh, at the same time and do the things we would do in a mediation setting, but do it with everybody at their home or their office, wherever it may be. Interestingly, the adjuster and the defense attorneys were home. My client was home. I was at my office. The mediator we used, he was at his office. But it's great. You're able to do those things that you normally would do. Um, most insurance adjusters are now working from home as well as defense attorneys. So sometimes it takes a little bit longer to, to get the communications back and forth with them. Uh, one thing we've also kind of seen is there are fewer cars on the road and the nature of my business as a personal injury attorney i do handle car wreck claims so we're not having as many calls which i'm fine with people not getting hurt we don't want people to be hurt by any means but we do see that there are fewer cars on the road and therefore fewer claims but people are still getting hurt in all kinds of ways and one thing too one final point i'm starting to get some coronavirus calls i won't go into detail much about that but there are calls starting to come in about potential coronavirus claims, and there will be a lot of that going forward, I'm sure. So just to clarify, you're still open. You're an essential business. If someone does have a claim, they've had an accident, let's say they had one in March, and very shortly after everything went on lockdown, they are sore, um, didn't treat or treated remotely. I know a lot of doctors are doing uh, Zoom calls and, and different things. So the treatment is going to look a little bit different now, but that really shouldn't stop anyone from still contacting your attorney, right? Things are still open. Like you said, you're filing lawsuits, insurance adjusters are working. So it's a little different. It's modified, but business is, is going in your industry sure. as usual. Injuries don't stop. And more importantly, not getting treatment can make an injury 
potentially a lot worse than it would be otherwise. Now, that's not a medical opinion because I'm not a medical doctor, but in almost 25 years of doing this, I can tell you from lots of experience that people that don't treat their injuries aggressively and immediately can many times lead to more severe problems. There are lots of facilities that are open still seeing uh, patients. In fact, I talked to a doctor just yesterday. He said he's busier now than he has been in, in um, really in the last few months because people are now feeling uh, that they can get out and they can start getting treatment again. Um, so I strongly encourage someone, if you do have a potential claim, call me and we'll talk about that. I can help you find a facility to get that treatment you need. All right, we're going to get to our first question from that was submitted on your website. So this is from listener Jason in Dalton, Georgia. And he would like to know, with the econ- Sorry, let me start again from Jason. With the economy suffering from the shutdown and many people losing their jobs, do you have any recommendations for people in regards to their car insurance choices, car insurance coverage choices, and what they can eliminate to save money? I know this is a huge concern right now for all of us that are not working. Yeah, the economy is tanking in many ways. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, people have lost their job. People are out of work. People are working limited shifts. The money's not the same as it was. We see that in all kinds of businesses and all kinds of employees and employers even. Um, so it's time to reevaluate a lot of things in our life. Uh, I know there are consumer advocates that have talked about cable TV and your phone service, those kind of things. But, uh, Jason, I appreciate that question as to car insurance. It's, it's an interesting question. Let me start with the very basics. The most expensive part of your policy is typically your liability coverage. Uh, you can lower those limits. In Georgia, our minimum coverage is 25000 per person, 50000 per occurrence. Many people carry that. Uh, you'll see it in increments of 3060, 5100, 10300. There are all kinds of limits that are available. Now, I caution you in that I, I would really encourage someone who does have assets and the need to protect themselves financially to not lower your liability limits. It, it it's a fine line you walk there if you do eliminate, well, you can't eliminate, but but lower those liability limit, uh, limits. It's something that, um, you know, it's a starting point, but I would, I would say try not to if you can avoid that at all cost. And here's another reason. You have UM and UIM coverage. We talked about that on a prior show. UM is uninsured motorist. UIM is underinsured motorist. You can never carry more UM coverage or UIM coverage than you do in liability. So if you drop your liability limits down to, say, 25000 per person, 50000 per occurrence, well, then you also have to drop your UM, UIM coverage, which is coverage for you, yourself and your family, down to 2550 So we have seen a lot of people who have now stopped paying their car insurance premiums. There are a lot more uninsured motorist people out on the road. So if you get hit by someone who does not have coverage at all, you can only rely on your uninsured motorist. And if you've dropped that to 2550 well, then you've potentially put your family or yourself in a bad place where you now only have limited money available to you. That's a really good point. And I know hearing this for the first time, I hadn't thought about that. I would think, uh, oh, what, what bills can I cut? I'm not driving. I'll take my coverage down as low as I possibly can, but I need to go out to the grocery store and go get uh, medication for a child. I need to be on the road, even though it's limited. Right, and, right. you know, accidents happen. We've talked about statistics here in Georgia in one of the last shows about the number of uninsured drivers, and it's scary. It really is the number of folks that not only drive here within the confines of Georgia, but people that pass through our state from the surrounding states uh, and those that are uninsured completely. So, again, you can only carry UM, UIM coverage equal to or less than your liability coverage. 
So if you've got 100000 per person, 300000 per occurrence in liability, well, then you can also carry 100, 300 in UM, UIM. But if you drop that liability down, you have no choice but to also drop your UM, UIM. And you're, again, not protecting your family members or your friends or yourself to the same level that you have before. I will say this. I would consider if you don't have med pay coverage, it's also referred to as MPC, and you're potentially losing your health insurance because you've lost your job. As we all know, um, the uh, oh, the transition through health insurance, the um, COBRA. COBRA, thank you. I was drawing a blank there. COBRA coverage is very expensive. It's ridiculous yes. what they charge for COBRA. So if you've lost your job and you're having to potentially consider going on COBRA, you know, again, that, that's a very costly step to take. But if you do lose your health insurance and you're concerned about what do you do if you're in a car wreck, MedPay is relatively inexpensive. Now, MedPay is kind of like health insurance on your car. You can carry increments of 500, 1,000, 5,000, even up to 100,000. And that MedPay coverage is per person in your car. So if you have 5,000 in MedPay, that MedPay will step in and pay up to 5,000 of your medical bills, not only for you, but up to 5,000 for each person individually in your car with you. So again, it's a way of getting medical expenses taken care of if you're hurt by somebody else's negligence. And the good news about MedPay is you don't have to reimburse that money back to your car insurance company. So it's a way of getting those bills paid and really putting that much more money potentially back in your own pocket. That's a really great option. And I hope there's a lot of people listening right now that the light bulb went off and thought, oh, my goodness, I don't have health insurance. Yeah. This is a, a really, really so good, solid option. Yeah, it's a cost-saving approach. Yeah. Again, COBRA is ridiculously expensive. And I know even some employers have not necessarily cut uh, health insurance coverage for their, their employees, but they've cut back on the coverage. So there are limitations now that, that weren't in place before. Much higher uh, co-pays. Uh, limited to to certain specialties and, and things that they'll even take care of. The good news is MedPay even pays your co-pays. So if you're injured in a car wreck and you have health insurance, you can utilize that MedPay to take care of those co-pays and keep from having to come out of pocket. So think about those things. That, that's, that's just uh, a couple of things. Now, one other thing I'll go into is comprehensive and collision coverage. Again, we've talked about that in other shows. Comprehensive coverage is there to take care of what we call typically acts of God, fire, flood, tornadoes, hell, all those things in Georgia that we do deal mm-hmm. with. We've had tornadoes. I think tomorrow is supposed to be a, uh, a pretty bad storm day, yeah. and, and we've had some here recently. So hell damage can do a lot of harm to your vehicle. If you have comprehensive, it can take care of that damage. Collision coverage is if you left your car parked on the street overnight and you come out the next day or parked in a parking lot at a grocery store and somebody's hit it and left and did some substantial damage to your vehicle, well, that collision part of your policy is what you use to take care of that damage. Now, I will say this. Remember that if you are financing your car or you leased your car, your financing terms, your lease will likely require you to carry comprehensive and collision. So it may not be something that you can cut back on, Uh, but it's something to think about. Um, Towing is one of those things that I don't know that it's really necessary anymore with so many uh, roadside assistance programs that come with your financing companies. So I might be able to get rid of towing. Sure. I can cut something. Yeah, and that, again, not people, not not one of those things that people really think about. Look at your policy. Pull it out. Go over it. Call your agent. Find out. And if you're paying for it, then you can potentially eliminate that easily. What about the umbrella coverage? Do I still need it? 
Umbrella coverage is for people that have substantial assets or licensed professions where they may be a partner in a business. It's protecting their financial interest in that as well as their own personal financial interest. Um, doctors, lawyers, accountants, all kinds of, of licensed professions, or again, someone with substantial assets. Umbrella coverage is there to protect you above and beyond whatever your liability money may be. So again, it, it's one of those things you have to think long and hard about it. If you've lost a lot of substantial uh, assets or you are now no longer a partner in a business or those kind of things and you're still carrying umbrella coverage, you may be able to cut back on that. You yeah. could. All right. Well, I know that one of the things you like to do in your shows, that's one of the primary focuses of these shows, is debunk several myths that exist regarding personal injury claims. All right. We're going to talk about a few of those today. What is a very common myth that you tend to hear about personal injury claims in general? Thanks. And this is one I hear all the time, and I'm going to start with it. And that is the number of lawsuits are skyrocketing. We're a litigious society. How often do you hear that phrase, litigious society? Well, I don't speak like that, but what well, I hear is sue happy. Yeah, Every, there, there Everybody's sue happy now. Right. And, and that's, you know, you, you hear that myth all the time, that, that everybody's suing everybody else. There are too many attorneys out there doing this. Well, actually, let's talk about statistics. For, for years now, those numbers have been declining. In fact, according to the National Center for State Courts, uh, tort cases, which are personal injury kinds of cases, uh, have accounted for only 4.4% of all cases filed. 4.4%. So there are things that are still going to go through courts. Domestic cases, divorces, child custody, even adoptions take up court time. Then you've got criminal cases, all kinds of criminal cases, misdemeanors, felonies, uh, you know, all those things that do take up substantial court time. But personal injury claims, tort claims, only take up 4.4% of all civil cases that have been filed. In fact, it's been declining now for, for years by more than 25% since 1999. Um, those numbers are continuing to decrease. Um, you know, another thing, too, that we um, as attorneys like to talk about is the most recent statistics from the Administration Bureau of Justice Statistics shows uh, that the number of tort trials in state courts have also decreased. So even though lawsuits are being filed, the reality is not many even make it to court. In fact, probably 95 to 97 percent of all cases that are filed, personal injury claims, uh, they all settle. And that leaves maybe two or three percent and maybe five percent at the very most that wind up actually going to trial and taking up court time. Um, so there are not more lawsuits being filed. There are less lawsuits being filed. It's taking up far less time in the court system. And these stats are compiled as part of the Bureau's survey of state civil justice systems, uh, where they look at the top 75 counties in the U.S. Um, the number of tort trials have decreased by over 30 percent uh, since 1999. So again, the, the thought that we're the number of lawsuits are skyrocketing, that we're sue happy that's that's not true when you look at stats no it's not that's definitely not we are that's not what we were led to believe i mean you just again it, debunking that myth we're debunking the myth today but when i think about why and if you look at the numbers what was it um starting from 98 well that's when the internet started yeah and exactly. I, you know you, right and now with this uh, ramp up of social media and and it feeds yeah, the, the you can the read about anything you want to read about and 100 percent. that's that's got to be where this myth really is coming from yeah, one of my favorite things i've ever seen on the internet is it said it said something like uh, it must be true because it was on the internet and abraham lincoln wrote it and he never lies that is very true very true <laughs> I think abraham lincoln posted it that was it <laughs> oh 
All right. Um, so we're going to, let's go to another myth. This is the fun part. Give us another common myth that you hear. Let's debunk something else. Sure. Let's talk about it in personal injury attorneys. And this is a good one because I hear it personally all the time. Personal injury attorneys are charging outrageous hourly fees. They leave people with no money. The, the victim winds up with nothing because attorneys are charging way too much for their time. Who says that? I'll, I'll, I'll go I, be mean I, I, to them. <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it for almost 25 years now, let me tell you. Well, the truth is that, that personal, injuries like, personal injury attorneys like me, we don't charge by the hour. In fact, we all do what are known as contingency fee agreements. Contingency fee agreements means, it, it means very simply that I don't get paid unless and until I get money for my client. So there, if there is no recovery, well, the client doesn't owe me a dime period. So I've taken the taken the risk away from them and put it on my shoulders. I pursue the claim, I uh, invest in the claim, and that I spend the money necessary to purchase medical records, all the documents to be able to pursue the claim. I, I take the time, the effort, the support staff to do everything that has to be done. But if there is no recovery, I don't get paid, period. Nothing. So it doesn't cost people outrageously hourly fees because we don't pay or we don't get paid by the hour. Um, our system allows people that can't afford to pay attorneys a chance to have representation because of a contingency fee. They've been around for over 200 years now in our society. And I know that we've done another show on this, but I just want to briefly go through because it's a really good point to make. Um, I think a lot of people have fear they need an attorney. They need the attorney to be the liaison between them and the insurance company, and they're afraid. They're afraid of those big fees. They think, you know, the attorney, I have to pay so much money. And it's different. It's different in different types of law. You might, if, you've, if you're a criminal and you need some criminal right. defense, you may have some fees. Sure. Um, but in this type of law, if they've truly been injured and they need assistance, that's what you're here for. You have no idea how many times I've had clients tell me, well, I spoke to the adjuster first and they seemed nice. And they told me that if I hired an attorney, they're going to take all my money. Well, think about who they work right. for. And it's about saving the bottom dollar. And, you know, we talked about stats before in a prior show. Uh, people that are represented by attorneys in personal injury claims specifically tend to receive anywhere from, four, I think it was 46 to 67 percent more money in pocket, more money in pocket because they had an attorney than those that don't have an attorney. And they didn't have to spend a dime right. in fees to get that right right out of out of the gate. They right. don't have to come and sit with you and, and the clock starts. Yeah, I don't say write me a retainer check for X number of dollars right. or my billable rate is X number of dollars. It's if we get recovery, well, then I'll get paid. If there is no recovery, well, unfortunately, I've done a lot of work and I've not seen a dime and I'm not going to see a dime. Now, again, it's, it's the ability to be able to evaluate a case from the very beginning and know how to pursue it aggressively in such a way to maximize the value. And that's what I bring to the table. It's the ability to sit down and do that and not only maximize their money, but also make sure that we tap into every potential source of paying their claim. Because far too often, people that try and do this on their own, they don't know about all the other insurance that's out there. Utilizing their med pay, utilizing their UM, some of those things we talked about a while ago. Uh, getting rid of the insurance, health insurance reimbursement. So there are things that, that again, attorneys can, can do to maximize that recovery. All right, we have time for one more common myth. Give us a good one. What do you want to talk about? All right, one other good one. I like this one. Um, and this is one that I'm just going to phrase it the way that, that I wrote my note here. My insurance, rate, insurance rates are skyrocketing because of lawsuits. The absolute easy answer to that is no, not at all. Your insurance premiums may be going up, and I'm sure they are. Everybody's do. But it has, has absolutely nothing to do with lawsuits. Because, as in the earlier myth, 
there's less lawsuits. Well, yeah, and, and, and exactly. Uh, and, and we can support that with stats. Again, I love to bring out stats. Um, you can simply look at the insurance industry's annual profit reporting. And these are profits that are reported by the insurance industry. We'll go back to 2007, 13 years ago. In 2007, we had wildfires, earthquakes, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes. I think Texas was the state that was hit really hard with flooding that year. And insurance companies in that year reported a record profit of $61.9 billion, with a B, $61.9 billion in profits after all those natural disasters in that 2007 year. In comparison, 2004, only three years earlier, their profit uh, margin, or the, or the profit reporting for the, that year, 2004, was $38.7 billion. So it almost doubled in three years. And that 2004 broke all the prior records. Now, here's the real kicker. 2019, the year that just passed, car insurance industry profits, just car insurance industry profits, were $285 billion. Oh, my gosh. That's car insurance profits. Hang after on, paying hang on. claims. So it went from $38.7 billion in 2004. Correct. To $285 billion in 2019. Correct. Now, can you explain to me why lawsuits are making premiums skyrocket, but yet they're showing that tremendous growth in, in profits in that very short period of time? So, again, lawsuits have absolutely nothing to do with this. Well, I mean, it's very simple. Their argument about rates skyrocketing doesn't hold water. No, no. And, and, and lawsuits are filed because insurance companies don't pay claims. I'm pretty sure that the insurance companies are the ones that started this myth. Of course. <laughs> of course. Bingo. The ding, 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 ding. There's the answer to yeah. the question. Like, <laughs> like, who wants to be a millionaire? That, that's it. You got it. Ta-da. Um, yes, exactly. So very simply, their argument, just, it doesn't hold water at, at all. Um, their profits continue to rise. Uh, unfortunately, premiums still go up. You know, they'll, they'll give you all kinds of justifications. Oh, we've reevaluated your policy. Oh, you got a speeding ticket or your, your uh, family member that lives in your household that's on your policy got a ticket for running a red light, whatever it may be. And the, the, uh, the rates go astronomically high. Uh, but yet they're showing profits of, again, $285 billion just in car insurance industry. Wow. Think about health insurance, mm -hmm. life insurance, go through the rest of the, the insurance industry, and there, there are many other profit centers in there. Property insurance, yeah, any exactly. of them, right? Exactly. Life insurance, sure, that's big business. Yeah, so. and, and you know the insurance industry, one of the things they like to talk about, too, is, is uh, putting caps in place for personal injury settlements, personal injury verdicts, eliminating um, certain kinds of um, damages, like, for example, punitive damages in certain kinds of cases. And, and they do that, and they have one heck of a lobbying effort on a state and national level to try and push that thought. But in reality, it, it's all bogus. It is a myth because $285 billion mm -hmm. in profits – that speaks volumes. Well, right now I want to speak to our listeners because there are plenty of other myths out there. So if there is something, uh, there's again, there's hundreds of them that we have not even touched on. And if you are listening and you've got a question, if you've got a myth you'd like for Derek to debunk, if you have heard some details about a high-profile case, you know, we talked... I can't. Well, I'm getting tongue-tied. I'm sorry. <laughs> we touched on the McDonald's coffee case uh, in a previous podcast. And that yeah, was I got a great email about that one, That too. was absolutely fascinating. 
to really, truly learn the facts as opposed to the headlines or what we heard. But when you really dig into that case, and there's a lot of other cases out there like that that we can talk about. So we spoke about it in the beginning. I want to wrap up with let's go to your website, submit your questions. Um, tell us one more time uh, the name, your your URL for your site and how they can put a question for this podcast. Yes. Go to my website. It's uh, Derek M. Hayes, H-A-Y-S, Derek M. Hayes dot com. You can go there and click on the podcast tab. You can listen to any of the prior podcasts. Also, all the other podcast platforms. It's available there as Injury Insider. On my uh, website now, I do have an area where you can submit a direct question to me that I'll address on a future show. Check out my uh, Facebook page, Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. My Instagram page, Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. I'm even on Twitter. So we hit all the social platforms, social media platforms. You're out platforms. there. That's wonderful. Exactly. One final thing, too. Next show, I want to do a tease here real quick. Okay. Um, this is also directly from a question I got just uh, yesterday, and it was too late to try and include in today's show. But I, I want to talk about um, how insurance companies have really turned natural disasters such as hur Hurricane Katrina into major profit windfalls. And the question really was about coronavirus and what potential windfall the insurance companies can be seeing from this. You know, it's not necessarily a natural disaster, disaster but it's an economic disaster yeah. for our country. It's a pandemic, Absolutely. something we've never seen. Yeah, so. so I'll address that in next show. And we've got a couple other things, I'm sure, that are going to come in that we'll, we'll talk about as well. Well, I can't wait for it. I know it's going to be a fantastic show, just as this one was. Uh, and I should mention, too, that people can submit questions on your website, but if they need you as an attorney, you have a separate portion on your website where they can reach out to you in a more detailed manner. Correct. On my website as well, you can actually submit a direct question to me because I'm the one that will be reading it. I'll also be the one responding to it. If you have a potential claim and you want to talk about that, you can submit a question. I'll be happy to respond and even speak to you on the phone. If you do want to call, and please do, my office number is 404-777-HURT or 678-225-0970. Uh, so reach out to me. I'll be happy to talk to you about your potential claim and, and hopefully look forward to working for you. Thank you so much for joining us on Injury Insider with Derek Hayes, presented by Status Home Design and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking Injury Insider with Derek Hayes. This program is also available on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Derek Hayes, I'm Lita Brooks, and you've been listening to Injury Insider on Business Radio X.